Astonishing Legends would like to thank Quip, Mint Mobile, Sunsoil, Molecule, our contributors at Patreon.com, and you, our listeners, for making tonight's show possible. We recently had a psychic medium, Jim Hunt, on the show. It's quite something for a person to make predictions about your possible future, isn't it? See things we can't see. What if it wasn't just people that had that gift, though? Can animals be psychic, too? According to the United States Geological Survey, there are stories from the year 373 BC in Greece where rats, weasels, snakes, and centipedes reportedly left their homes and headed for safety several days before a destructive earthquake. Did those animals see the future? Or were they simply more in tune with the warning signals the Earth was sending in the days leading up to the catastrophic event? Warning signals that even our best current technology still cannot identify. Enter Claudia Fonda and her horse Lady, who would become world famous under the moniker Lady the Wonder Horse. Lady was, by all accounts, enormously gifted. She could do addition, subtraction, multiplication, division, and even calculate square roots. But that was not all. Once Fonda's husband Clarence built a special keyboard of sorts, Lady Wonder could nudge letters into position on it, forming words that would answer questions put to her in English. Many times, the question was not even read aloud to her. All pretty amazing stuff, right? But you might be thinking it was just a sophisticated sideshow of some kind. Maybe Claudia Fonda was solving the problems and had somehow trained Lady Wonder, either intentionally or unconsciously, to read her cues. But there was so much more to this horse than math. She could predict the future. In fact, she even picked winners in fights. Most notably, the defeat of heavyweight champion Jack Dempsey by challenger Gene Tunney in September of 1926 in what was called the Upset of the Decade by The Ring magazine. How could Lady Wonder know Dempsey would fall? And if this was a hoax, how did her handler Claudia Fonda know? All of this is amazing, but Lady Wonder's crowning achievement came late in her career when in 1952 she correctly pointed an investigating officer to the location of a missing boy who had drowned, Danny Matson. At the time, authorities weren't sure he died, but Lady Wonder not only confirmed that he had, she told them where his body could be found. How is any of this possible? It's hard to say, but after this two-part series, you'll know everything there is to know about this astonishing legend. Welcome back to Astonishing Legends. I'm Scott Philbrook, and this is Forrest Burgess. There is left, then, only the telepathic explanation, the transference of mental influence by an unknown process. Nothing was discovered that failed to accord with it, and no other hypothesis proposed seems tenable in view of the results. Rhine and Rhine, an investigation of a mind-reading horse. Journal of Abnormal and Social Psychology, Volume 23. Join us tonight for part one of our two-part series on Lady Wonder, the psychic horse. That we are, quarantined and curfewed as the world goes through the throes of what we can only hope will result in wildly positive change, especially here in the United States. 
Yes, I think we're all a little bit emotionally exhausted, but with any luck, things are finally getting on the right track. Well, tonight's episode is a fun one, and we thought it might be a temporary diversion from the stresses of the world, and it's one of those fun stories that we're betting most of you haven't heard of before. I'm not sure I had, and I thought it was going to be a light, fun, breezy thing, and it is. There's just so much more to it, which is pretty common for a lot of our stories. Well, this one you found on Mysteries at the Museum, that travel channel show, right? Yeah, I got to tell you, I love that show. It's been on for a long time now. It's really is entertaining. It just gets better and better produced each time. I actually just watched a two-hour special they did on Pompeii that was super fascinating, if you can find that. It was, <laughs> there was a lot yeah. of new information there because people have covered that a million times, but the, this right, one had right. some really amazing stuff, especially about some scrolls that were burnt from temperature, but not flames, and the technology that's emerging that's allowing them to actually read them, even though they're compressed like charred scrolls. So that's yeah, really unbelievable. Yeah. Really cool stuff. You and I discussed it, and this is kind of fun, uh, even more nerdy academic stuff, but it coincides with our Great Courses Plus uh, yes. uh, courses on Pompeii, and you and I were able to talk intelligently, you know, just amongst ourselves, <laughs> but it, it really informed the whole conversation, and it was, uh, yeah, fascinating. Yeah. Well, I like Mysteries at the Museum quite a bit myself. Really Really fascinating topics and decent coverage. And I haven't seen a lot of them, but I've liked what I've seen. And you are a huge Don Wildman fan. <laughs> you know what? I do like Don. I like he's out in the field now. He used to just be like on a set, but now he's like out. Yeah. Like he went to Pompeii. He's riding motorcycles. <laughs> he's doing more of that Josh Gates stuff. So, you know, that's always good. Oh, uh, having worked on uh, sound stages and sets before, yeah. you're kind of mostly in the dark with just the lighting and it's a little oppressive. You want to get outside. No, that's a valid point. Well, anyway, we have a link to the episode in our show notes with the uh, Lady Wonder segment that Mysteries at the Museum did. If you want to purchase it and see it for yourself, it's like $3 on Amazon. It's about a 10-minute story there, but you know we had to go longer than that. But you can get it in, uh, in HD. There's a couple of different things. One thing says it's episode three from season five, which is where we found it on Amazon. But then if you look on Wikipedia and other places, it says it's season six. This is something we've run into before with Expedition Unknown, too. So I don't know. There's something that gets confused, I think when mm. things go into syndication or go up on the internet. But anyway, you can find it if you look up Lady Wonder. That show was what inspired me to take a look at this psychic horse and also for us to get you on board with it. And it's funny because I just, <laughs> you know, that show came out several years ago. They've been on a long mm -hmm. time. I just, you know, sat down to have a sandwich the other day. <laughs> And, you know, That's when I'm, you know the thing where you turn the TV on, I'll just watch something for 10 minutes, which is all we ever yeah. have anyway. Right. And that was the segment I watched. And I was like, oh, we got to do this. I was like, <laughs> I really want to cover this. Well, we just did an episode on a psychic human, so why not now a psychic horse? Why I, not? I thought it was a natural follow-up. Also, we just needed a, a good one-off, light and breezy, something fun. This tale is kind of heartwarming, no matter what you believe about it. You just want to hug this horse. I've never wanted to hug a horse more than I have Lady Wonder. Seriously, I would I would feed her apples and carrots and she seems like a nice name. girl. Yeah. Oh, she was very sweet. And as we'll see, it is kind of a touching story, but so much more than just a carnival act or some kind of a nefarious hoax where people are getting bilked. I think that they got their money's worth yeah. <laughs> before we get into it. I, I think there was something about this, and it's like what we always say. You think it's going to be a light, breezy story, and there are those elements of it. But once you start peeling back what really happened and you look at the documented uh, instances and interactions with a phenomenon, you realize that, man, there is a lot more to this that really boggles the mind, and you wonder what really is the case going on here. 
Well, before we get started tonight, I do want to give one quick shout out to listener Nicole Sanders in Mechanicville, New York. Nicole, thank you so much for listening. Uh, we really appreciate you turning your family onto the show and uh, being such a good friend to them. They reached out to us to let us know that you were an avid listener and also just a great person. So uh, yeah, just want to give you a yeah. shout out there. Anyway. Absolutely. Big, sincere thanks. Well, folks, it's time to head to Richmond, Virginia, where we'll find Lady Wonder, the mind-reading horse. I don't know why I got so excited about this story. There's something about <laughs> the way it feels that just really appeals to me. It appeals to the part of me that wanted to start our show in the first place. Just these weird, obscure mysteries, especially ones that were like a super big deal at the time, but that right now, probably not hardly anybody knows about. I love that. I love those ones that have drifted through the zeitgeist, and now they're so far outside of it that people don't really think about it. And I would have never <laughs> heard about it had I not been, like I said making a sandwich and trying to watch yeah. mysteries at the museum. Well, one, what kind of sandwich was it? It's funny. I give my son a hard time for not trying new <laughs> things, but I, I think I eat the same 10 things all the time. And this was just, yeah. I will buy a chicken breast and uh, cook it, uh, salt and pepper, and then I'll eat it on sandwiches for a couple of days. And so it was all a chicken right. breast sandwich, a uh, little lettuce, little yeah. tomato, tomato. Yeah. Bacon. Bacon doesn't belong on that. Bacon belongs on the BLT. For sure. Yeah. Anyway. I'm down with all that. Yeah, I'm not going to judge. Uh, but to your <laughs> point earlier, I think what you mean here, or maybe where it places itself, where it has been placed by history as a fluff piece. Yeah. And not to take away from any of that, because what I gather from this story is that Richmonders from Virginia are proud of Lady Wonder. Like we said before, you embrace these things that are kind of weird about your community and they're fun. This one's really, as we said in the cold open, it is a lighthearted, heartwarming story of sorts. And it's weird. And I, I love that. Yes, people have tried to debunk it and it's really difficult. And as we'll see when we get to the skeptical section, there is an explanation. But as many skeptical arguments go, it doesn't, for me, cover the whole thing and, and say nothing to see here, folks, other than it's a carnival act. And I think that's how most people have filed this story. It's just a carnival act put on by some farmers. And it's a smart horse, but certainly nothing paranormal or strange or even that out of the ordinary. It was just a smart horse that learned some tricks. It was a one-trick pony. But that is so not the case here, and that's what I love about this story. So let's start off here. What is Lady Wonder? Let's talk first about the people that raised her. Lady Wonder was owned and raised by Claudia Coons Fonda and her husband Clarence. Claudia was born 23rd of September, 1886, and she passed away on the 4th of February, 1959, at age 72, and laid to rest at Lawncroft Cemetery in Linwood, Delaware County, Pennsylvania. And we mentioned that because uh, you can see her grave at Find a Grave. And she had also erected a monument to her beloved horse. Well, I just wanted to go over some of our sources because this is a fun one. I, I like it when we can draw from old newspaper articles. And certainly there's ones from the mid to late 20s all the way to the 50s in Lady Wonder's heyday. And she was still being written about in the Richmond Times Dispatch until currently. So here are some of them. Well, as Scott said, this appears as a segment in the Mysteries at the Museum show with Don Wildman, and we'll pull some sources and references from that. But we'll mostly be pulling from newspaper articles, clippings of newspaper advertisements to come see Lady Wonder perform her feats of amazing mentalism. A little bit from the wiki entry, but not much because it's a very short one. And here's an unknown one that we came across that was a great contemporaneous early newspaper report 
but we couldn't find any original source for it. It was titled Lady Wonder, Mind-Reading Mare Baffles Scientists. And it appears on the Wayback Machine website, grabbing, archiving. What is the Wayback Machine? It's just a, uh, it's not a bot, is it? Well, it's a website. I know that they request donations, I think, to run their servers Uh, and everything. It's obviously code. It's an algorithm that is designed to, it takes snapshots of the internet. Right, right. All along the way. And then eventually when the websites go down or the webpages go down, you can go back and see the snapshots. And it'll just be a random day from, you know, a year when the website used to still be up. It's a great resource. And in fact, I was just looking at an old website that we had created as a precursor to Astonishing Legends on it, which I didn't have <laughs> anywhere right. else. And I saw that the other day. And it's a really some cool. some good stories there, yeah, that we could uh, still cover. Uh, yeah. So it's a great resource. It's a great tool. And where it pulled this newspaper article, apparently, was from a blog called Then and Now out of Richmond, Virginia. And it just says newspaper article. And, and from the year 1927, this is one of the few that comes up. And it's about Lady Wonder. And this date may be wrong or the title might be wrong. But it says on this screen grab that it comes from the Richmond Times-Dispatch, dated July 18th, 1927. So that was back when Lady Wonder first was starting to get famous. And as I said, just the title is Lady Wonder, mind-reading mare, baffles scientists. I just want to confirm that something is definitely wrong because we do we do our diligence <laughs> is, yeah. at Astonishing Legends. And I read the entire July 18th, 1927 issue of the Richmond Times Dispatch from cover to cover, and that article is not in there. So it's, and yeah. we searched and searched and searched for it by that headline on newspapers.com where we have a mem- membership. Lady Wonder, if you look her up, there's 25,000 articles, yeah. but that one wasn't there. However, you can clearly tell it's an authentic article from the period. You can tell right. by the way it's written, and it also predates some later events that happened. So there's no question that it's real. We just had a hard time tracking the actual source for it. Yeah, exactly. And so when you look at this, and we'll have a link to it, of course, the first part, well, the editor's note is the beginning of the this article is missing. So you don't know how it leads off. And that's why we were a little hesitant to mention some of the quotes by these doctors. But I believe in later newspaper articles that we're going to cover later about Lady Wonder, they reference this particular article. So at the paper, the journalists there may have more access to it, but we didn't know who some of these names were, but they will be later referred to as experts who showed up to test Lady Wonder. Yes. Another really good summarizing source is a blog article titled Lady Wonder 1952, and that is by Heather Moon, published August 30th, 2013, that was published in the Richmond, Virginia newspaper, the Richmond Times-Dispatch. And it looks like a blog where she covers this subject and also references several earlier articles, this one we just talked about, and some contemporaneous news reports about Lady Wonder. And what Heather Moon did was pasted two earlier articles by Richmond Times-Dispatch researchers and reporters into her blog entry. And what we're about to reference now comes mostly from those two articles because they they cover it. And this is really a Richmond, Virginia story and well covered by the local newspaper aforementioned. So the following highlights of the story come from an article written by Larry Hall at the time, a librarian and researcher for the Richmond, Virginia Times-Dispatch. And this article was published on July 16th, 2003, entitled Lady Sparked Wonders About Her Intelligence. And it was published 50 years after the week when Lady's story was in the local news. But her abilities were well known by locals since her youth as a foal. Another source also found in this blog is an article titled A Different Type of Horsepower, Lady Wonder, the Psychic Mare by Gary Robertson, also a Times-Dispatch staff writer. And that was published on October 18th, 1993. 
these guys are coming up with some good titles. <laughs> Lady yeah. sparked wonders about her intelligence. Different type of horsepower. It must be fun. Sit around, come up with those. Yeah. So here are the story highlights of Lady Wonder. Lady Wonder was a horse, and whether you believe in psychic ability or telepathy or not, she was no doubt a remarkable mare who did amazing tricks. And one of the best summations by trained observers was that Lady Wonder was probably not psychic, just perhaps telepathic. I love that. It's like, <laughs> no, she wasn't psychic. Was well, she could read horse. minds. Yeah, yeah. there's a I mind mean, reading she, horse, not, not yeah, a psychic she can't one. predict the future. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But read people's minds? Uh, yeah, maybe. It seems like it. Seriously, though, most of them could not come up with an explanation other than somehow she's reading minds, this horse. Well, she was born in 1924 from sibling parents and from a thoroughbred grandfather. Clarence Fonda acquired the filly for his wife, Claudia Fonda. I think she saw her and just fell in love. She didn't have a whole lot of other experience with horses. I believe she had maybe trained some Shetland ponies to do fun stuff, but it wasn't like she was a horse breeder all her life or was really all that familiar with animal husbandry. But but I do believe there was a bond between Claudia and Lady from the very beginning, because she was only a, a few weeks old, and they just clicked. Not only on a fur baby mother level with a cute little horse, but also possibly psychically. So this week's old foal, which they named Lady, she was never really around other horses, and they bottle-fed her. And according to the Fondas, they said all they had to do was wish, quote, wish or think of calling lady and the little horse would come galloping to the house so they just had to think about come on over come over here and she just did which was unusual hello everyone i'm bruce and this is astonishing legends let's get back to the show well the fondas had originally purchased lady to raise as a plow horse but quickly found Lady to be quite perceptive. It seemed like she could anticipate what someone was going to tell her. So Claudia started using children's toy blocks to try and teach her the alphabet in order to attempt communication. That's not my usual first thought with a pet. Like, yeah. I'll bet I can teach this thing to talk to me. But that's what I'm saying. This is so unusual, according to them. That's how this started. So she's teaching her the alphabets, the ABCs, and Lady quickly learned her ABCs. And that's when Fonda knew Lady was something special. So from the July 18th, 1927 Richmond Times-Dispatch, that one we said it was a little, uh, little sketchy, dodgy perhaps in its provenance, there's an interesting line here, which I'm going to read. Quote, one day some children were playing with the mare. It was a game of hide the thimble. They learned, to their amazement, that it was impossible to hide anything from the mare where she could get at it. Did she read their minds? She did something. Whatever her power was, Mrs. Fonda began to develop it. And today, Mrs. Fonda will tell the visitor that the mare actually thinks. The scientists are not willing to go that far, nor is this writer. End quote. So that's the unknown author of this article. But... That thimble game is interesting because that does not involve Mrs. Fonda. That involves other people. These children doing this game of hide the thimble, and the horse seems to know wherever they hit it. You can't play that game with her because this little filly knows exactly where you hit it. So that's a first inkling to me that something's up, perhaps psychically. Well, since ladies seem to learn letters and numbers easily, Clarence Fonda, at the urging of his wife, 
he was able to build her sort of a typewriter. And he was able to do this because Clarence worked at the old Tredegar Ironworks. And so he was pretty familiar with ironwork and metalwork. Well, he built this uh, sort of a typewriter out of scrap metal, which if you look at it, it looks like a xylophone contraption about the width of a piano. And it consisted of two rows of keys padded with sponge rubber. So what Lady would do would be to press her nose on the padded keys And then that would flip up a rectangular piece of tin that had letters and numbers painted on them. And that is how she would spell out words and choose numbers to answer the questions put to her. You know, what's something I just thought of. I mean, we've been diving into this pretty hard for a couple of days Mm -hmm. now. Uh, How did she know from the back? Because I know the letters were on the front. Were the letters on the back, too? When I looked at those pictures now, I don't know if I... That would I'm going to guess that uh, that is a good, uh, a good well, question, there right? are, It is a good question. I mean, there are still photos of this contraption with a, a few letters flipped up, but I would imagine she would have to know what was painted on the pieces of rectangular tin to know which ones to press. Now, as we get to the debunking area here, we'll see that people thought that there was just kind of a, a pattern to this, which is pretty amazing for a horse to learn anyway, but it was just mechanical in a way. Here's what amazed people, and it's actually kind of heartwarming. Lady could spell out words correctly, and she could do math. She could add, subtract, multiply, and divide. She would also sometimes tap out, I love you, to her favorite visitors. Oh, that's very sweet. (laughs) It is nice. But even more astonishing were her predictions. Outcomes. No living thing should be able to prognosticate. Clarence and Claudia would demonstrate Lady's talents to their neighbors and friends, and word of her psychic abilities began to spread when she started answering questions that the Fondas weren't capable of knowing. Uh, From 1928 on, she became known by the public then as Lady Wonder. Remember, she was just Lady, and now she's Lady Wonder. Yeah, now she's Lady Wonder. (laughs) By the way, I'm looking at any one of the five billion pictures of her with her typewriter, Uh which I think there were two versions of. There was one... The first one was really wide, and they felt bad for how far she had to work on it. So then they made one that had uh, staggered, which I'm looking at now. So it was a little bit narrower for her to get to all the letters. But she can see them when they're laying down. But I will say from her perspective, they Mm. would be upside down. Not fully upside down, but laying flat. (laughs) And she's looking at them as they lay flat backwards to her, if that makes sense. Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that because it could go to the argument that she's more psychic than people are willing to uh, give her credit for. Or that she didn't need to see the letters at all because Mama was helping her. Right. You know, is it? It's if she couldn't see them, but she can see them. Uh, just to to be clear, she can see them, although right. she is reading them backwards as they lay flat on the table. Well, what you just described sounds like it might be that scenario where people can do jigsaw puzzles upside down, where you can't see the photo. You can't see the nice picture you're, you're doing, and it makes it even more challenging. Oh, yeah. Well, I, it's not that bad. I would say, yeah, you're saying upside down to, like, the cardboard <laughs> I side. I would say yes. more upside down, like the image is inverted for her. All right, maybe it didn't make any sense. No, no, just, no, but I, I just, just want, I just I want to be clear it, yeah. to the listeners, since this we're not a visual medium yet, uh-huh. that the jigsaw puzzle analogy would be, in this case, the photo on the jigsaw puzzle would be upside down to her in terms of the bottom and the top of it, but not flipped over which yeah. is what I believe you're talking about, which is absolutely insane to do a puzzle that way, or like buying one of those puzzles where all the pieces are black. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've seen people enjoy that. Uh, yeah. To me, I, I just like to see the photo when you get done because you feel <laughs> have a, a sense of accomplishment that you actually made something, not yes. just an all black lacquered uh, yeah, jigsaw puzzle. But 
Some people like that. Well, as word got out that Lady Wonder was a lot more than a one-trick pony, she started getting visits from paranormal investigators, scientists, and psychologists of the day who came to test her reported talents. Now, three so-called experts, and I, I just put that in quotes because that's how they're listed in the Larry Hall article, and I think he got those stories from that older article we, we mentioned of unknown origin, but these were respectable people, people of renown in the area who were of a scientific mind, as that old article might call them, and they came to test Lady Wonder in 1927, and one of the tests presented to Lady Wonder was when one of the professionals asked her if she knew the date from a coin he pulled out of his pocket, and Lady tapped out the year 1914. No one else could see the coin's face except for the questioner. Another test had one of the examiners take a clock and turn the hands to a set time. No one else except this tester could see the clock face or the time that he set. And he asked Lady if she knew the time the clock was now telling, and she answered exactly. And when they were finished, these three experts... Sounds like kind of the wise men who came to, to see if it was really baby Jesus, but... Uh, <laughs> it is very biblical. It's kind of remarkable. And you know what else is remarkable is that they were pretty much stumped. They couldn't figure out how this was being done. When they were finished, these three experts came to the conclusion that ladies' talents were real, and there was no trickery that they could detect. So that next year, in 1928... Two other prestigious research experts in the nascent field of parapsychology would arrive to put Lady Wonder through much more rigorous tests, and their report would become the most extensive examination of the case of Lady Wonder. But we're going to save that for a little later. So if this was not a mechanical hoax, then what was going on here with this seemingly clairvoyant horse? Well, here's an interesting insight by a former neighbor of Claudia Fonda, who was interviewed by the Richmond Times-Dispatch in the 1990s, and her thinking was that Claudia was communicating with Lady by telepathy, and that Claudia was the real psychic here. And we'll also get to that story a little bit later. But now let's take a closer look at Lady and the Fondas. That does kind of sound like a band name. Yeah, it? Lady from and the Fondas. In the 70s. Yeah. yeah. I saw them before, cool they, the, before they got big, yeah. <laughs> from the late 60s, yeah. yeah. <laughs> before they turned folk, yeah. All right, well, here's some interesting information, again, from that Larry Hall article and also the Gary Robertson article, Lady Wonder, the Psychic Mayor, that we mentioned a few minutes ago. They talked about in these articles about how she demonstrated higher than average intelligence at a very early age. And in a case of the government acknowledging something, which is something we always <laughs> like to come around to, whether a government we or do. a corporation acknowledges something supernatural or strange. Some listeners don't like that. They're like, who cares? Yeah, who cares? But I, I still think it's interesting. The Richmond, Virginia City Council annexed a portion of the Fonda Farm from the Chesterfield County, where Lady Wonder was stabled, and decided to charge her an annual $50 fee for keeping a trained and educated horse. So that says that the city council is like, oh, yeah, apparently you do have a very special horse. I will say this, <laughs> well, though. Yeah. In our research, uh, one of the articles that we found, which we're, we're not citing tonight, though, but I did find an article. The whole article was about how much you got taxed if you were doing soothsaying. <laughs> 
So in that area. <laughs> wow. So yeah. apparently the government was like, okay, we got a soothsayer over here. Let's, uh, right. there's, they're going to need a business license. It's kind of like they're going around shutting down little kids' lemonade stands without a permit these days. I think that's what was <laughs> that's happening right. with the uh, yeah. soothsaying back then. Well, it's $50, look, that goes into the city coffers. So might as well scoop it up from the Wonder Horse. Yeah. And Lady Wonder, being from Virginia, also that's the home state of Secretariat who was yeah. one of the most amazing racehorses of all time. Definitely something to uh, look up or read about if you haven't ever looked yeah. into that story. The most famous Virginian horse, and hopefully now we're going to make Lady the, the second most famous. Yes. <laughs> well, sometimes Lady Wonder didn't always get her predictions right, but she did seem to get information that nobody could figure out how she was getting it. And that's all going to come down to whether or not there was some sort of way to measure if something was going on between Claudia Fonda and her, and we'll be talking Mm -hmm. about that here in a little bit. But a lot of onlookers and skeptics were stumped by her behavior, and they they would come in skeptical, and then they would leave thinking she had real psychic talents. And there's common ground here with all these people that came. This is something that comes up for us in a lot of different episodes. It's like people uh, coming to look at the bet sphere and realizing that it does seem to be making its own choices in terms of the way it rolls around on Mm -hmm. the floor or the table or the stories that you hear about the eyewitnesses to the Bell Witch or Jeff the Talking Mongoose, which we've never covered, but a lot of people have heard that story. And it's everyone is incredulous, and then they come away and they're like, wait, that's really happening. I don't understand it. So that's something that seemed to be happening a lot. And as you'll see here, people who really seem to know about it would come and evaluate Lady Wonder and come away stumped. And the thing that's interesting about that too, as Forrest said earlier, is that parapsychology as a field was in its infancy. So when these newspaper articles say these experts came, they're not really experts in this type of phenomenon. They're experts in research and science. They're wanting to apply the scientific method to evaluate what Lady Wonder's doing, but they're not quite experts in parapsychology yet because people are only just starting to think about what that even Mm -hmm. means and how to measure it and how to evaluate it. So that's something to consider. This was right at the beginning of people starting to think seriously about, is there something going on here and can we measure it? And another thing I think we have to point out right out of the gate here was that Claudia Fonda and her husband, they made money off this horse. People paid to come and talk to the horse. Sure. And uh, the horse was active for three decades, and we have done enough research to see the rates go up. Uh, They started out, it was 60 cents for an adult to ask three questions initially, and then it went up to, I think the highest it got to was a dollar, but I don't know how many questions you got at that point. There was income from this, and you might be thinking, I guess, because I know how some of you guys think, and it's the same way that we think. It's like, ah, well, that's it. It's a con. They're making a ton of money. It's a con. But this story is not that simple. It's more complicated than that, (laughs) and you're going to find out here why. If it's a show, it's a carny show. It's a con. It's a put-off. It's an elaborate one. Maybe it's mechanical, but you pay your dollar and you get your thrills. It's certainly worth the price of admission. That's... (laughs) That was my point. People were wowed. Sometimes the answers weren't correct. I I believe more so in the case of uh, future predictions. But Lady Wonder told you stuff about yourself, things that were on your person that she couldn't possibly know, perhaps. Well, oftentimes with these stories, you'll get some viewpoints from the neighbors, let's say. And one that we can turn to is their neighbor, Ivy Stone. 
She was a longtime neighbor of ladies' owners, Clarence and Claudia Fonda, and uh, she was 88 at the time of the publication of Gary Robertson's article, which came out in 1993, and she had some recollections about Lady and the Fondas. And here are some comments that she made that'll give you some insight as to what these people were like and what Lady was like. Well, in reference to Lady, Ivy says, she wasn't a pretty horse, you could say, just an old swayback mare, nothing special about her, except, quote, Everybody said it seemed like she knew what you were thinking. I remember that before she'd answer, she'd look you in the eyes, like human eyes, I'd say, end quote. That's interesting. That's creepy. I don't need a horse <laughs> to look at heartwarming. me and, see, and then I feel like it's a person <laughs> looking at me. I'm not ready for that. Well, I don't think you have to worry about lady reading your thoughts back then because, uh, come on, she's a horse. She's not very judgmental. She poops in the street. Okay, She's not going to fault you for much of anything. But what Ivy Stone is talking about here is that it's not just Claudia Fonda and her abilities or doing something. There's something about this horse where she looks at you and there does seem to be some, if not telepathy, let's say, understanding that's far beyond what usually a horse will do. Now, a lot of people who do own animals and uh, are loving pet owners will tell you that they share a special bond. And a lot of that, I think, is uh, anthropomorphism but also you do share a special bond and it depends on the person. It depends on the animal that you're sharing your space with and your affection with. But sometimes, you know, people will tell you that they've had a bunch of different pets, but there were special ones in that line that they cared for that were just different. They were closer to them or they understood more about their owners and uh, the owners understood more about the pets. Yeah. Well, getting back to what Ivy Stone had to say about them, she lived a couple of blocks from the old Fonda farm on Ruffin Road, which is now a city subdivision. And according to Stone, the Fondas had no children and they kept to themselves and they didn't have many visitors except for the steady stream of visitors that came to ask Lady all sorts of questions about romance to which numbers to play in illegal numbers games, to even missing children. And probably most of the questions were about uh, which numbers to play in the rackets. So <laughs> it's a lot of gamblers like, hey, lady, what's the pick three for next week? And I don't know if that ever worked. Usually what we find is uh, when it's for greed, those kind of things don't often work very well. No, but I do have some instances here that we'll get to. Yeah. Of her calling horse races very That's what I'm saying. Sometimes it, well, she's a horse. That makes sense. <laughs> she's got the, she's got <laughs> the inside fights. track. And fights. We, we're, we'll get to that fight <laughs> And fights. Story. Yeah. One thing I did want to clear up, though, that uh, we had some chatter about when we talked about remote viewing is people would say, well, why aren't people making a ton of money using these skills? And they have done tests and they have been pretty successful with the stock market and some gambling, but there is a fall off to it. So it does seem to work. Now, is it the golden goose every time? No, nothing really is, but there does seem to be some efficacy with associative remote viewing and gambling in the stock market and with guessing numbers. And what I have learned is that with remote viewing that the testing done, and keep in mind, people aren't doing it to get rich. If they do, they just go away and you never hear from them again <laughs> because they got their money. But I think of it as like a black belt. Like if you get your black belt, there's a creed and there's a responsibility to it. So hopefully you don't see a lot of black belts going around bullying people because now they got these new special skills. It changes you in a way and and you have to be respectful with your newfound power. For people that are asking that about remote viewing, you have a moral and ethical responsibility to do what you would do just in your day-to-day -day life 
what would you do in in a normal case? Would you take advantage of these situations? On the other hand, I'm sure there's people that do, but for all those people who are like, how come everybody's not doing it getting rich? It's not like when they do that, they're going to go out and call you on the phone or get on the news and tell you how great it was. <laughs> You're just not going to hear about it. But my point earlier that I was making here, and I got uh, my sidetrack myself, as, as I often do, was that if it's going to be like a lottery draw, you get the best results, the closest you can get it to the drawing. And yes. so, of course, with state and federal lotteries or wherever, that's not possible because they close the ticket purchasing well before the drawing. But I found it interesting in that, yeah, it works best the moment before they actually do the drawing. Now, is that because the future is in flux? Maybe so. But getting back to this particular racket people were thinking the Fondas were engaged in, they just charged a dollar to ask Lady three questions. And Clarence and Claudia Fonda never said how much money they made from Lady's talents, and there are no accurate estimates of how many people visited Lady, but one rough figure that comes from Dick Gardner's book, The Impossible, from 1962, page 94, estimates that over 150,000 people came to see Lady over her career. So do the math like Lady would. Considering she started in the, in the 20s and wrapped up in the 50s, I did do the math because I love to always kind of look at this and what's that dollar worth today. They could have made as much as an equivalent of a million dollars over the course of her career. But that dollar per time, that was a later fee. We did see some, like in the Mysteries of the Museum footage, there was a still of people lined up to go in to talk to her and the sign on the wall said 60 cents for three questions. But then later it went up to a dollar and kids were charged less and <laughs> they only did it four days a week. So, you, you know, you're right. trying to figure that all out. Well, like I did the math on that too. And based on if they were doing it four days a week, I determined that they would have had to have 24 visitors each one of those days for that to work. And there was some talk of how she was never exhibited, but in fact, we do know that later she did wind up being exhibited because we found ads for places that you could go and see her. Mm -hmm. So they clearly worked their way into that eventually. And that comes back to the point about what Ivy Stone said. She said that in a week, hundreds of people could show up to enter the old shed on the farm where Lady did her thing. And we have lots of pictures of this. You can see this. That's yeah. what's so great. There's a lot of photographs related to this story online that you can find. Now, according to Stone... She had said that Lady Wonder correctly predicted the gender of her sister's unborn baby and also helped her resolve a personal problem. And Stone believes it was Claudia Fonda that had the psychic gift and that when Claudia would stand by Lady, as she always did when the questions were asked, there was some kind of telepathy going on. As Ivy Stone said, quote, I think she passed it through the horse. That's what I think, end quote. Oh. I'm so That's grateful a... for these journalists that interview these eyewitnesses <laughs> while they're still with us. You know, it's so yeah, great to be yeah. able to get this information. That's like a treasure trove when you do what we do. So Ivy Stone is the woman we mentioned earlier that we said we're going to get to. She's the neighbor, so she saw what was going on. She had her own positive experience, and that's my point with this and, and psychic abilities that I know a lot of people that kind of uh, poo-poo it until somebody with purported psychic abilities tells them something that knocks their socks off. And it just flips your lid. You don't know what to do with that because like how, look, you can't get past the point here of how could this person possibly know that? And the more detail it is, the more it freaks you out. And sure, it can be very general. And it's like, okay, well, you could have guessed that or you read my face. You got to, I don't have a very good poker face. Of course you could guess that. But when it's that specific and it happens to you, it makes an impression. Well, you know, I mean, Lady Wonder herself, she was sometimes wrong with her answers and often wrong with her predictions. Like most psychics who are successful, I believe, they are right enough of the time to keep people coming back. 
And I believe that was the case with Lady Wonder. Yeah, it wasn't 100% effective all the time. She wasn't on the nose, you could say. But as we'll see with some of the anecdotes, it was correct enough that people kept coming back to her to get more answers. And I've been told that the most genuinely gifted psychics can reach an average percentage of somewhere around 82 to 83% accuracy. And the only standard you can get them, uh, a good friend of ours told us that you could have them make predictions for the, for the coming year. At the end of that year, you see how many came true as best you can. I think there's a lot of leeway there, but on average, you could say like, nah, a little over 80% accuracy, which is not bad. It's better than guessing. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I'll take it. Interestingly, I've heard that about talented remote viewers and that their average is a little higher than that. And maybe that's because of the standardized methodology. But remote viewing is a different data collection and reporting methodology. So it's kind of hard to compare the two. But there are some people that go past that. Some claim that clairvoyant psychic medium, Rose Ann Schwab, has or had a 98% accuracy with her predictions. And I just found this because I, I just kind of Googled it really quickly. Yeah. And uh, I got a quote here. And according to Kristen from psychicbabes.com, her explanation is, quote, the reason a psychic is not always 100% accurate is because at the time we are looking into your energy, we are seeing your energy for the way it is in that moment. It is kind of like that lottery thing. You have to go right up to the edge before the drawing, and that kind of locks in at some point. And maybe that's like Schrodinger's cat. It's that moment before you open the box to see if the cat's in there. Interesting. Two hours before that, there's just a cat-like mist in there. <laughs> and then as soon as you get up to the box, it's like, it's forming, it's forming, there's a cat, or there's no cat at all. So, uh, Yeah, I want to make a wisecrack, but I'm just, I'm at a loss. Yeah. I can't even keep okay. up with your dizzying intellect. <laughs> We're both pretty dizzy right now. We've uh, we've been cramming all day to get this all together. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, love, the, I love that analogy. I've just, I've got nothing to add. I'll just, I'll just admit it. Hi, I'm Stephanie, and you're listening to Astonishing Legends with Scott Philbrook and Forrest Burgess. Now, back to the show. Well, now we're going to talk about some of the anecdotes of visitors to Lady and, and how they were blown away. And even if you didn't believe it, you were still a little freaked out, it seems. So a lot of these, what we learned later, come from that 1927 article uh, from July 18th, 1927, from the now-defunct blog Then and Now, and I believe a lot of these more modern articles that were written in the Times-Dispatch reference this earlier article, which was pretty comprehensive back in the day. So as we said earlier, just to make it clear, we didn't have the full vetting of this article, but it seems to be pretty genuine because these other reporters from the Richmond paper seem to have pulled their anecdotes from it. So we're just going to kind of breeze through some of the more interesting comments that come out of this article and the old-timey writing, which I always enjoy just after the turn of the 20th century here. So the newspaper reporter is giving their own comments about what they experienced. And this is something that they said. This writer is no scientist, nor is he convinced that the mayor can read minds. But he is utterly perplexed. He spent two hours with the mayor. He came away convinced that if there was a trick in the uncanny behavior of the animal, the mantle of Houdini had fallen on competent shoulders. <laughs> so <laughs> so I, I don't believe this, but I can't explain it. It's a good trick. It's freaking me out. And then he goes on to talk about the Richmonders of a scientific turn of mind that had come. So that's also referencing the three stories, the anecdotes we talked about earlier about the clock face, 
and it goes on to be explained in some greater detail here. So this newspaper reporter interviewed these people about the clock face, about the tests that they had come and tried to uh, perform on Lady Wonder, and they left the reporter more confused than ever. So here are just a few comments to keep in mind as we go through. The reporter says, The experiments are particularly timely just now. Studies of what is called telepathy have been made for many years. Keep in mind, this is 1927. Though the name was not given the subject until 1882. Telepathy, that is. Many scientists are said to believe in thought transference. That's what Scott was talking about earlier, that this is a nascent new field of study here. People are just now getting into it. They are just now coming up with terms for these things. And so he goes on to describe the the horse as being an ordinary looking mare, although Mrs. Fonda might take issue with that. (laughs) Mrs. Fonda had trained some Shetland ponies to do some simple tricks. She loved horses. She says, quote, lady was a very young colt. I want that colt, she told her husband. I believe I can educate her. I believe that mare has sense. So she knew right away or just thought like, here you go. Here's 100,000 visitors to our barn at a dollar a pop. I just want to add that that (laughs) prediction on her part could belie psychic ability in Claudia. I didn't even think of that. You're right. She sensed with her own probably untapped psychic ability that there's something special about this horse. I, I don't know what it is, but I can train this horse. I can communicate with this horse. And the horse is just a few weeks old at this point. So the reporter goes on to report, except for her amusement with the Shetlands and Lady, she had no experience with animals, she declared. So people would say, well, there you go. She was very expert in getting horses to do tricks. She could train them. She claims she really didn't, other than uh, having some Shetland ponies that she liked to play with and get them to do fun stuff. Well, here are the anecdotes we talked about earlier. The one was the coin from the pocket of one of the spectators and... Lady guessed right. The date on the coin was 1914 with another spectator. She was asked who was wearing the pink dress. She got that right. So she knows her colors. One spectator is the one who picked up the clock and he turned the dial to 10 minutes past six. And as the reporter says, nobody saw the figures, but he, and he thrust the clock face against his body. What time is it by this clock? The mayor was asked. Six one not replied lady. So she got the time right. Six ten. I was wondering what time he had said it to (laughs) earlier. (laughs) Mrs. Fonda stands near the mare, but holds no halter. There is no physical contact. So that's what the reporter is saying. So people that would say uh, she's picking up cues from Mrs. Fonda, she has to do it visually, or there's some sense there. There's some uh, perception, which might be just animal, but people say that their animals know what uh, they're thinking. Animals know when there's a bad person around. They don't like them, or they they get a sense that people are good. That's often reported. So they have senses beyond ours, and they're probably better judges of people than we are. You can ask Lady how to do math. Uh, one question was, what is the sum of eight and seven? And <laughs> the reporter writes, she answers lackadaisically 15. Now, lackadaisically is an interesting adjective here because it goes to the process of what Lady does. One person had a knife, and asks lady, what do I have here in my hand? She spells out K-N-I-F-E. Yeah, it's a pocket knife, by the way, which would have been concealed by the hand. Yeah, yeah, exactly. She guesses the name of one of the people's children. Uh, A a question was put to her, what is the name of this boy at my side? She answers Leroy, which I presume is correct. Now, here's something interesting about how this works, uh, as it's reported here. When she noses among the blocks, spelling out the answers, 
She appears to be going to sleep. Her eyelids droop heavily, and her head is sagging indolently. Only when the experiments are over does she resume her character as a tense, nervous offspring of a racehorse. Now, Scott, you're going to talk about that later, right? Yes, a little more. That comes up again. Because you know what it sounds like? It sounds like you're Casey going into a sleep-like state of sorts. Yes. To gain the information. That's fascinating. So She didn't lay down on a couch, though, did she? <laughs> uh, there were all four legs no. up in the air? Okay. Just you see that uh, comically when, they're, when they passed away, the yes. legs sticking up. No, yeah. I, I think uh, this was all just, uh, as people described it, she didn't seem all that energetic anyway, more horse-like. But when you asked her the questions, she changed her physical state a little bit, let's say. The scientists wrote down Docta. <laughs> it's spelled D-O-K-T-A. And this was meant as the correct spelling of doctor. Now, what I mean by that is that these doctors wrote down the word doctor, and they intended that to be the correct spelling of D-O-C-T-O-R. Do you know what I'm saying? I, I know Scott and I had to, we had to think about this. Yeah, a this was hard to follow from the way they explained it. And that's one of the things about these really old articles from the 20s. They're written in this crazy language, see? And you can't really follow them. <laughs> so this one, man, I'll tell you, we spent a long time trying to figure out what these four or five sentences meant. But the bottom yeah, line goodness. was yeah. what the scientists did for the experiment, they wrote down the word docta, D-O-K-T-A, as the correct spelling of the word doctor. Then they asked Lady Wonder to spell the word, and she replied spelling it the same way they had written it down, yeah. D-O-K-T-A. So what that was supposed to prove was that she wasn't correcting it like maybe Claudia wasn't correcting it, Fonda. Right. Because Claudia hadn't seen how they had written it. So the next thing they did was they took a really long, complicated word, and they asked Claudia if she could spell it out of range of Lady Wonder, and she couldn't. So then they took that word, and then they put that word to Lady Wonder, and she spelled it correctly. Wow. What does that tell you? Well, I have a lot to say about this. Okay. Well, we could save it for later. I mean, I'll make... Well, no, uh, I just want to point out... Yeah. It's not lost on me that Claudia Fonda could have... What's not made clear here is because these are not scientific circumstances. Did she see the coin before they asked the year of the coin? She clearly probably knew the name of the child if the person had been in there and somebody was, Leroy, come back over here. There's all Mm -hmm. these things that she might have known... And then she could theoretically be cueing Lady Wonder to the proper answers. These are not very specific scientific conditions, which I know some people are going, yeah, any of this could be made up. And it's the same thing about Doctor. And then also if they ask her to spell some long word, she could play dumb and then spell the word right with the horse. So I just want to say we're aware of that. A lot of people (laughs) have said the skeptical side of me passed away in the Sally house. It's not. It's not gone. It's still there. Right. Right. I still love this story, though. It's a fun story. But some of these uh, scientific condition things we're going to address here in a a few minutes. But I just want to say, yeah, who knows? Maybe, yeah. So if Claudia knew all this stuff, did they take the coin out with the 1914 on it and quietly show it to her? And then Lady Wonder got it? Or was the coin, like, grabbed in the pocket and held in the hand? And then Lady Wonder got the year because those are two very different things. Absolutely. But taking this at face value, you're led to believe here by the reporting that the date on a coin is very tiny. True. So if there's some collusion, they're trying to keep Mrs. Fonda from seeing the coin or seeing the clog face. The guy had it pressed against his chest. So there's the implication 
that they're trying to hide this from her True. to remove that link. That's now, the implication, a, but if yeah. you're a journalist and you want your piece to be good, then you're going <laughs> to wow, make it you're, seem... You're reaching no, you're around. Gonna, no, 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 I'm not. We've come across this. We came across this back with Kincaid's Cave, right. a show we haven't brought up in a long time. But, like, obviously you're going to sell more newspapers if it's more fantastic articles. So, sure. But there is that question... Because where you're left with the clock and the coin and all that is how dedicated is the person, is the reporter, yeah. to making sure that Claudia Fonda isn't participating in it somehow. And even if they are being dedicated about it, how sophisticated are they in understanding how she might be able to see what the time is? Maybe she could see True. it from the back of the clock, or maybe they did show it to Claudia. Here, can, do you think she'll be able to see this? And holds the coin up. <laughs> you know, so were they cold to Claudia and Lady Wonder in an effort to really right. prove it. And they, they don't really say that in that article. Of course, we don't have the whole article. And like I said, okay. it's written in old-timey language, <laughs> see? But anyway. Yeah, it should be considered. But okay, let's strip all that away because it is a bit of speculation and take this as face value and what this means really, though, because I find this aspect of it very fascinating. You're presuming that there's a group of people there. They're all watching each other. Mrs. Fonda is close by the horse, but there's nothing connecting her. You'll hear later on, possibly she was prodding the horse, maybe with a with a whip or a rope. But taking this at face value, this is what I find interesting about this one experiment here. Remember, the doctors write on a piece of paper. They purposely misspell the word doctor as D-O-K-T-A. They then ask Lady Wonder, spell the word doctor. She doesn't spell it D-O-C-T-O-R as Mrs. Fonda would probably spell it. Right. That's the point. So Yes, but I don't know if Miss Fonda saw it as D-O-K-T-A. I know. We're setting that aside. And, yes. and I assume that if these are doctors, these are scientists themselves. In fact, they're listed as scientists, not actually as medical doctors. But medical doctors would fully know to do this. They are scientists themselves, of course. They would write this down so that no one but themselves could see it and not show it to anybody. Well, I do want to interject right here to play devil's advocate against myself that it would appear from all of the photos that we saw and a lot of the things that we've read, including the Ryan and Ryan report that we're going to read excerpts from in a little bit, which was a scientific study. Mm. By all accounts, on general principle, when the readings were done, Claudia stood over with Lady Wonder, facing the person with the queries, and off to the back, based on every event that I read, which would mm -hmm. indicate that... In the case of the misspelling of the word doctor on the piece of paper, if the subjects were facing Lady Wonder, they would also be facing Claudia. And if they were concealing it from Lady Wonder, which they no doubt would, because they would be afraid that she could read it, I guess. Right, then, right. Uh, <laughs> don't show Maybe. the horse. Don't show, the, don't show her. <laughs> well, no, that, no, that's part of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not jumping ahead here, but no, at but, one point, of course, they blindfold everybody, including the horse. Yes, yes. Well, she didn't like the blindfold. I, I did read Aww. that. She was bothered by it, and uh, at least in the Ryan and Ryan. But, You're going to so, screw up the gag. In defense of Lady Wonder and Claudia, yeah. I, it's my belief that she stood on the other side of the contraption, the keyboard, and on the backside with the horse. And even though she's back a little bit, she's still in Lady Wonder's field of vision, which is why they always talk about, did, was she blindfolded? Did they have blinders? Because horses' right, their right. eyeballs are on the sides of their heads, so they can see <laughs> they can see a lot more around than we can uh, peripherally. But yeah. 
I don't believe that Claudia would have been standing with the people posing the questions, in which case she couldn't have seen what was written on the paper. And again, based on the position that I think she was normally in, she probably also couldn't have seen what was on the coin at that distance right, and right. from where she normally stood. And yeah. I can't say this categorically. I'm just saying this based on the preponderance of things we've read about how the sessions went and the photographs we've seen. Right. Yeah. So right. I'm reversing course on myself a little bit there, but... No, no, I, it's good to consider every uh, iteration, every angle on this. And I think that's very wise to do. I'm just saying here in imagining this thought of experiment and how it went down is that these doctors would know that. It's like, okay, well, let's not show anybody else, just us three or however many we are. We're just going to write this down because this is points to an explanation or a possible clarification on a further theory down the line here. So they write the word D-O-K-T-A, and if it's Mrs. Fonda who's mentally signaling the horse in whatever way, and that could be just tapping her thigh, if she's giving a wink to the horse, Morse code, whatever, or as some people would say, she's waiting for the horse to get over the right key and then signaling it somehow. The thought is that Mrs. Fonda would spell the word doctor, D-O-C-T-O-R, which is not how they spelled it. And how Lady Wonder spelled it was how they misspelled it on the paper. So she was reading their mind or reading what was on the paper. And that happened again with that long scientific word that they presume that Mrs. Fonda wouldn't possibly know. She's not a doctor. She's not a scientist. So they tell her the word out of earshot of Lady Wonder. And maybe she's lying. It's like, I, I, know, I do know how to spell that. But she says she doesn't and gets it wrong. And Lady Wonder gets it right. A long, complicated scientific term, which, yes, we don't know. But again, I find that interesting because is it the horse reading her owner's mind in some way? picking up on that telepathy, or is she reading the scientist's mind? Or is she reading something on a piece of paper, able to see that with some clairvoyance? Is the horse remote viewing the paper? <laughs> is that what you just suggested? The horse is remote viewing the paper somehow. Hey, possibly. I hadn't thought of that until just now. You know, we don't know how these things work, but I'll tell you, animals have done some amazing things that baffle humans, and they can't really tell us about them, except possibly Lady Wonder. Yeah. Hi, I'm Pam from the beautiful central New York Finger Lakes region. When I'm not quilting Sasquatch onto my wall hangings, I'm listening to Astonishing Legends. Now let's get back to the show. Well, to finish out this old-timey article, there is a quote by a Dr. Johnson who talked, as it says here, very fully about his experiments. Quote, In my opinion, the horse knows the answers by the movements of the questioners or by the inflection of their voices. Or is she affected by a purely mental influence, he asserted. And we must remember that when the questioner stands where she cannot see him, she replies accurately. What are we to conclude? End quote. In all these studies and all these people that went to see her, they're all trying to ascertain whether or not the horse is psychic or able to read small bits of body language and thereby right. conclude which letter to put up to form a word. Both of those are equally mind-blowing. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I, I was saying at the beginning. Yeah. Even if Claudia, even if the horse is somehow sensing it from Claudia subconsciously, Claudia is giving clues 
all of that, every explanation is amazing. Right. The question is, one of them falls into the category of uh, supernatural or paranormal. Yeah. And so that's the one that everybody fixates on, but it doesn't really change the fact that this should not be happening. Right. No matter how you look at it. People put under strange conditions develop strange talents. And I believe that's people and animals included. Uh, there's a guy who can, uh, he kind of uses echolocation. He's fully blind, but he can ride a bike. He makes clicking noises with his mouth. Oh yes, I've seen that guy. Yeah. Yeah. He can avoid light poles and all kinds of stuff. And he, he rides his bike. I crash on a bike with my eyes open. <laughs> when you can see where you're going. Yeah. Well, you know, that's not so paranormal really, but it's amazing. Yeah. You know, so what else do we have, though, as far as anecdotes? We have some other stuff here. They're, they're just, there's so many great articles. This horse was, I think I said, on newspapers.com, if you type in Lady Wonder in quotes, you get 23,000 articles come back. <laughs> uh, but there were some really great ones that the Astonishing Research Corps pulled in the ARC. I want to give a shout out to Paul Shovlin, who's been in there a long time and is also somebody that we know personally. We hung out with him in Kent a few years ago. And also Luke Hauser, I believe his last name, it lists mm -hmm. Dublin, Edinburgh, London, and Lisbon, I think, is cities that he frequents. They both brought uh, some interesting stuff to the table here. Here's one article. This is from the Athens Messenger. Not sure which Athens it is, but this is April 29th, 1930, which is titled, Takes Horse to Select a Race Winner. There's no byline. I'm not going to read the whole article, mm. just some of these interesting little excerpts. Lady Wonder, advertised by her owner, Miss Claudia D. Fonda of Richmond, Virginia, as a psychological horse, in quotes, picked her selections yesterday, and when bookmakers figured it out, a simple investment of $6 on her selections would have netted a profit of $151.30. <laughs> Not too shabby. Not too shabby. The selections are made in this fashion. Miss Fonda reads the entries aloud and then withdraws several yards while Lady Wonder types her selections on a huge typewriter in view of the grandstand. In regular handicapper's fashion, she selects three horses to finish in that order for each event on the program. She infrequently misspells. Then it goes on to list, <laughs> I love this, at the end uh, of the article, it lists the selections for that day, if you want to bet. Oh, nice. Yeah. So yeah, uh, They might come these, up again. Listen to these uh, horse names. Battler. Yankee Doodle. Angry. There's a horse named Angry, I guess. <laughs> it's probably mad. It's yeah. probably mad because it has to race around a track instead of nudging letters with its nose. King Adler. Brown Scout. Irish Morn. Third race. Dealer. Shield. Nursery play. Anyway, we should look this up and see how mm. this race came out. That's too far to go right now. But yeah, right. <laughs> here's from the Frederick News Post, May 1930. This is an ad. Because at one point she said that she was never exhibited, but she, I think later as time went on, they started to exhibit her. This is yeah. from a place called Carlin's Joyland, which is no longer around. But if you look it up, you can find remnants of it. There's not even any postcards huh. or pictures that I could find online. Yeah. But the ad has got this super creepy clown at the top. Well, I don't know if it's really creepy, but it looks like the clown <laughs> that was riding in the front on the little engine that could on the book cover. Ah, uh, yes. It's got uh -huh. that collar and like a tiny little hat. Big holiday treat, decoration day, bring the family, exclamation points on both sides. Carlin's was never more wonderful. And then uh, it says a lot of different things, but uh, way down here, 35 days, coming down July 4th, come and see him. See, that's referring to Captain Kidd Jr., who I doubt was actually related. But then under that, it says, Lady Wonder, the horse that reads minds. That's all it says. Ooh. Carlin's Joyland, Baltimore, Maryland. So 
that's pretty interesting. There is also, we have an ad here from the Chester Times, which is where Lady Wonder lived in Claudia. Yeah. July 17th, 1930. This is a square ad, which I'm probably going to be putting on our social media by the time the show runs. So if you mm-hmm. follow us on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, you can probably find it there. Lady Wonder, the mind-reading horse, has scientists mystified. Spells, adds, subtracts, multiplies, divides, tells time, finds pictures, answers questions for her visitors on huge typewriter. I love how the typewriter is part of the attraction, apparently. (laughs) Well, yeah, yeah, he built it. Wait, there's uh, a giant typewriter? I want to see that. (laughs) Exhibited Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, 50 cents, 910 West 7th Street. At this point, it was 50 cents. And this is July 17th, 1930. doesn't say how many questions you get for that. Yeah. And also this address, which was supposedly her address, I know that we saw another thing that said it was 310 West 7th Street. We've also read that where the stable where she was is now an interstate or something. The street and the address don't even exist anymore. But Uh, one thing that we have found when we've compiled a bunch of articles on one thing is that there's a huge amount of disinformation. Things are just wrong all over the place. They just weren't doing fact checking back then. And here's one other one for this section I wanted to read. Now, this again is from the Chester Times, June 21st, 1930. This is a pretty big piece. Chester Horse tells time, spells names, answers questions. And I'll just read a couple of excerpts from this. Great horses, these but for superintelligence, they cannot compare with the equine owned by Miss C.D. Fonda, 310... West 7th Street. Actually, that might be a nine. That might be a nine. Yeah. Uh, which yeah. displays a brand of wisdom that has puzzled the keenest psychologists of the day. And here's something else that, uh, that confirms her heritage, which is something you've already made reference to earlier for us. Lady Wonder, yeah. as she is called, is the four-year-old notable offspring of a long line of thoroughbreds. Ah. So coming back here on the back, this is a long article, um, but I just want to read a couple of these sections. It's very poor. I don't know if you've ever tried to print an old newspaper article, but this is Mm -hmm. small and blocky. Mrs. Fonda explained that Lady Wonder is possessed with a rare innate sense of reading the mind of a human. She also exhibited a pamphlet written by Dr. J.B. Rhine after an extensive investigation in which the author declares he is thoroughly puzzled by a series of tests, during half of which... Mrs. Fonda was blindfolded and a screen placed between her and the equine. The results as satisfactory as when the owner was standing by her side. We're going to be getting to that study here. Uh, Well, there you go. Mm -hmm. Here's one more little excerpt and we'll let this go. In Lady Wonder, psychologists believe they have found an animal possessing super intelligence and an innate sense of intuition. Dr. J.B. Rhine of Duke University and his wife, who is also a noted psychologist, have prepared a treatise on the remarkable animal, citing ladies' feats in comparison with those of several other famous animals which have been studied. Mrs. Fonda says that the horse has never been placed on exhibition. I do not agree with this. Although she is well known throughout many of the southern states for her intelligent prowess. Lady is delicate and sensitive to the weather and consequently must be well cared for. She was so delicate when young that it was necessary to feed her from a bottle, Mrs. Fonda said. So, uh, yeah, again, so that's the Chester Times, June 21st, 1930. A lot of interesting little facts and things to pick up on in these various pieces. And we'll be talking about the Rhine study here in a little bit. But I like reading contemporaneous accounts of what was going on. I love glimpses of the past like that and what was going on back in the day. 
There was two more articles I wanted to mention before yeah. we move on. This one is from the Hamilton Daily News Journal. This is in 1950s. This is considerably later from the ones we just read. May 11th, 1950. This is talking about some other stuff with uh, Lady Wonder. Let's take a look at this. Oh, she looks like any other horse, black-coated, speckled in gray around the mane with four white feet, a trifle on the weighty side, too. That's from the journalist. Oh. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. That's not nice to point out. I know. Let's roast this. Poor horse. <laughs> but after two hours in her presence, I am prepared to admit that Lady is somewhat different from most of her kin, at least the ones I have met. Scooching down here. This guy has a gray barker feel to his writing. Uh, uh, oh, no, she doesn't talk. The lady uses the hunt and peck system. In her stall, there's a rather crudely contrived board with letters and numbers fitted down into tiny slides. When Lady voices an opinion, she simply lowers her chin touches a lever extending out from each side, and the letter or figure shoots up just like a typewriter. Lady's owner, Mrs. C.D. Fonda, introduced me as Mr. Duke, but Lady quickly dispensed with formality and clicked out a chummy Paul, even though she had no foreknowledge of my first name. <laughs> wow. Uh, this article, by the way, by Paul Duke. Uh, <laughs> this one actually oh, wait, has a yeah, byline. We're, we're yeah, we're going to talk about him. Oh, good, good. So we'll yeah. come back to him. One thing that happened here that I thought was pretty interesting, though, because obviously Claudia could have known his first name or probably did. Sure. But this sure. is interesting. He points out here. I asked Lady how much I made weekly. Bingo. Like that, she flashed back the correct figure. To the cents. To the penny. It doesn't say that here. But oh, I read that in another place. Oh, well, it may be did. reread, but yeah. Miss Fonda, who has raised Lady since she was a three-year-old cult, indicated that midway in FDR's second term, she forecast that he would be elected president not only for a third, but also a fourth term. Ooh, unprecedented. But again, this is something that's already come to pass. So it's pretty easy for the mm -hmm. skeptics out there mm -hmm. for her to come along and be like, oh, yeah, last year she predicted this, you know? Yeah. Right, right. It's like, oh, she predicted 9-11. But if it's after 9-11, okay. That's the thing. Well, she's, she's saying, yeah. I mean, there's definitely documented cases of her making predictions that she's doing with yes. flights and that kind of stuff. But, you know, once the people are in awe, it's easier for her to say, well, you know what else she predicted? All this stuff that yeah. already happened. I'm just saying. I will say there's two different things I see, no pun intended, in the psychic definition realm here is there are future events and then there are psychic events that are solid. Actually, you and I just talked about this before we started, so I, I kind of want to bring it up now. Okay. I believe it's two different things. I guess it seems pretty obvious. <laughs> I'm making a point of it. But if I told you, Scott, like, hey, what's going to happen in 2024? And you you gave me some event, and it's like, well, you're going to have a, uh, a miraculous uh, revelation about pizza. Mm. And it's like, oh, okay, that's not that hard. I mean, like, yeah, I, I didn't think I'd like a white cheese pizza, but I do. There you go. <laughs> right. It's hard to gauge, and it's far off, and it's in the future, and there are a lot of things that can happen. I might get really sick on a white cheese pizza. Like, that's it. No, not having that in 2024. I've decided now, never again. If I asked you, what did I write down in this piece of paper two days ago, and you've never seen it, it's in my pocket, or I mail it to you. Like, it's in the mail, it's coming to you, you tell me what it is, the letter arrives, you open it, you're absolutely right, and it's a, it's a 15-letter word. Very complicated. You yeah. just guessed it. Yeah. That's already solidly on paper. That exists somewhere. You, having to make a prediction in the future, that has not happened yet. It's two separate things. Now, this is something uh, I just remembered 
about Coronado's children and buried treasure. There was a whole part that we didn't get to. Uh, we just ran out of time, was going long. And well, I this want to talk we were about, talking about the Pirate Lafitte. Yes, uh, Coronado's children, the, the book of uh, treasures by, uh, uh, buried treasures by J. Frank Dobie. And uh, the section we covered was on uh, Jean Lafitte. There's a whole chapter after that about buried treasure and the occult which I, I, I really found fascinating. I would still love to cover that one day. And it's just about how there's a connection to that. And there was a passage that happened a, a few pages after the Lafitte chapter where uh, I think Frank Dobie is interviewing somebody about the nature of uh, the occult and the supernatural with treasure and mind reading and finding buried treasure. And this person, I'm, I'm just kind of paraphrasing because it's what I remember, said, well, you can't do it so much using psychic abilities to find treasure unless there's somebody on the planet that knows where it is. It's in the current consciousness. And he said it's really hard to do it, almost impossible for like somebody with psychic abilities to find something that was so long ago because the thought of it isn't very current. It does not exist among human beings at the moment on the planet. If it mm. is uh, something that somebody somewhere on the planet knows where it, it, it's buried, you know what? I think they were talking about Jesse James treasure, Frank James and Jesse James and, and all that, you know, stolen gold. Which is tied to the KGC, by the way, possibly. Yeah. Which is another series we've done. If you're just now joining our show, go back and right. find our series on the Knights of the Golden Circle or the KGC. Yeah. So this person was saying uh, it was his theory. Well, I guess from experience, I don't know, th that it was really hard to do because that was so long ago. But something that somebody buried a few years ago and they're still alive, that can be somewhat easily ascertained using psychic ability. So okay. I just found that fascinating so you, because it's still out there. So that's my point about the two things that Lady Wonder was doing. And she seemed to be, at least anecdotally, less accurate with future predictions as the articles would say, she was often wrong about those, but sometimes she got stuff right. Our remote viewing instructor will tell us that the future isn't set in stone. It's a possibility yeah, yeah. based on, and like you said, and that goes back to the whole lottery thing. It's like, how close right. are you to the event happening? I see your point. You're making excuses for the horse. That's good. As hey, I love Lady earlier, Wonder, by the way. I'm just... Yeah, I do. We all do. Going because, for uh, Yes, we're all... <laughs> <laughs> What's the horse in uh, uh, Parks and Recreation? Little Sebastian. Oh, yes. Little <laughs> I, just, I just remember that. There's a little Sebastian yes, in all of us. I've met that horse. There's a little lady wonder in all of us. There's a little wonder in all of us. Well, just, she's the, so the cute in her picture where this where her keyboard says talking horse. That's just my favorite. I know. She's like, no, my favorite is that you, you come in and you've you, maybe you've already spent uh, $9 seeing her. And she says, I love you. <laughs> You just keep and coming back. Thanks for She's the like, $12. Yeah, and then it says yes. carrot, question mark. So my point, though, is that she might be more accurate, or it seemed more accurate and more amazing when it was things like already set in stone, solid, words written down on paper that no one saw, but she was able to view somehow, psychically, or perhaps her owner was, but it was easier to do when it was clock hands fixed at a certain time. Something written down, the date on a coin rather than something in the future that had not happened yet. This is why I do the show with you. You have this perspective. You're just like, well, no, no, no. This is psychic. What you're not doing is considering the different categories of psychic <laughs> predictions. Weirdness. Yes, I yeah. love that. I love that. All right, so here, here's a, a little more from this article, and we'll move on. I thought about a tip-off system between Lady and her mistress, but she has answered questions when Mrs. Fonda wasn't nearby. How does she do it? I asked Lady herself. This really struck a chord with me. Yeah. She paused for a moment, then spelled out mind, M-I-N-D. Then I asked her, 
if she'd like to be a human being. Unhesitatingly, she answered, yes. Wow. Poor thing, I thought. Maybe she, and here he's referencing something he said earlier in the article, maybe she doesn't deserve that Phi Beta Kappa rating after all. (laughs) He felt bad for her. Yeah. But what I like about what Mr. Duke has done here is he he said, look, I was watching Mrs. Fonda. I don't see how she could have been passing information. That's what most people seem to say is that they watched her closely and they could not perceive anything. So then the thinking is scientifically is that there are non- verbal, non-sensory cues in the, the normal senses. You know what I'm saying? she did, The horse didn't see anything. Maybe smell change, I don't know, but at least uh, didn't hear anything. But there was some kind of cueing going on between the owner and the horse. But if you want to get real woo-woo, well, she was named Lady. Yeah. There was a human aspect to her that Ivy Stone said there was when you looked in her eyes. Is like this a human a soul trapped in a horse? Yeah. Is there something going on that is uh, deeply spiritual and past life and uh, now you're stuck in a horse? I mean, that's a movie right there. Well, the story of Lady Wonder also has a serious side, which also makes it uh, such a complete story in a way and so broad that it also has a sad tone to it. And an important one and something that Scott may back me up on here is that, you know, when people are interested in in psychic ability and learning CRV and remote viewing is that I see a trend of a lot of people wanting to use it to find missing people. CRV, uh, by the way, is controlled remote viewing. I'm just right. reacting to people that have accused us of sloughing over some of our terms in detail. So I'm just trying to. No, I'm sorry about sure that too. Yeah. And then they must realize that we get uh, emails uh, just the opposite of like, I know what that is. Stop That's explaining. That's true. We're getting it. emails from Please. both sides. Yeah. So I know. leave Which your is, angry iTunes doing... reviews. <laughs> They'll cancel each <laughs> other must, out. <laughs> we must be doing something right. That's what you're, if you're yeah. getting it from both sides. Yeah. But seriously, people, I, I noticed this trend that like people are like, well, I, I want to do good with this. I want to find missing children. I want to. Or I have a relative or a friend that's missing. I want to know what happened to them. That's one of the biggest motivators in in human nature uh, in a sense of loss is finding people we love and care for by any means necessary at a certain point when you get desperate enough. And this next story starts off with a few lighthearted anecdotes, but I think it really points out what kind of power this is and what it represents to humanity. Well, this next one is the story of Leon O. Story. That's his name. Leon O. Period. Story. S-T-O-R-Y. And this next section we're going to talk about really hugs the curves on that article from Gary Robertson in the Times-Dispatch. And it includes some uncanny encounters with Lady Wonder here. And as we said, this is the story of Leon O. Story. When Story first met Lady Wonder, he was on leave as an airman in the late 1940s and thought it would be fun to see if he could stump the Wonder Horse with a question that would be impossible for her to guess. So, quote, I asked old lady to tell me the name of the girl I had been dating in Oklahoma, said Leon Story. The horse thought about it and then typed out the name Francis, F-R-A-N-C-E-S. Story, who it seems was 64 years old at the time of the interview for Gary Robertson's Times-Dispatch article, said, quote, that was it, I said, what the blank? And uh, he was obviously impressed with that. Like, how could she know that at all? So they put a blank in the article instead of like the at sign, the pound sign. Yeah, I don't think he said blank, actually. 
add an expletive there. Yeah. But no, but whatever the bad word was, like just now. Oh, of course, there'd be T-shirts <laughs> with it on there, and and uh, yes, and it would be yeah, on children's yeah. books because that's what we do nowadays. But that's amazing, Francis. I mean, to come up with a girlfriend in another state again, if Claudia is performing some kind of hoax here, and right. please forgive me for Claudia for you being familiar and using your first name. But after studying this, yeah, for and so there's two fonts like too. So just to clarify. How could she know the name of his girlfriend unless they had some preliminary, like, scouting conversation before he came inside? Well, Leon's story went back to see Lady on more occasions. He was that impressed. In a later visit, Story, who was a military pilot, was hoping for a career as a commercial pilot, but was told by Lady that he would go into sales. Asked to be more specific, Lady tapped out insurance. (laughs) Guess what Mr. Story ended up doing for a living in the area at the time of the interview? He was a salesman. Yeah. Insurance. So, as quoted yeah. in the article, yeah. story said, quote, I know this sounds crazy, but I'm not crazy. It was that horse. End quote. So obviously he was impressed and, and he's having some fun here, but there would be a much more important, serious and somber question he would later ask Lady. Story's brother was a deputy sheriff from the Lake Gaston area and needed help finding the missing children of a prominent merchant from North Carolina. Leon's story went to go see Lady after days of searching for a brother and sister who had ventured out in a sailboat on the lake and never returned, with a futile search yielding no clues. As Story says in the article, quote, I told her two children had disappeared, and I asked her if they were still alive, and she spelled out D-E-A-D. I didn't tell them they had been out on a lake, but when I asked where we could find those children— She spelled out D-A-M. Quote, my brother said they'd already looked by the dam. Anyway, they went out and dragged it again. Lo and behold, that's where they found those children's bodies. I've been to that lake many times. I boated on it. I did, uh, and been in a boat that pulled water skiers. I never water skied, but I was, I've been all around there because uh, one of my dear friends from high school, her family had a house there. And uh, from Raleigh, it's just a short drive due north to the North Carolina, Virginia border. I've been right up to that dam. Of course, this would have been uh, many decades later, but still that story hits home. Again, there's a, there's a serious aspect to this ability. I'm reminded of, it's one of the first Stephen King novels I've ever read was The Dead Zone. And you know, the main character uh, who ended up being played by Christopher Walken in the in the movie, he had to stop at some point because everything he touched was just these desperate, hopeless people who were asking him what happened to their missing loved ones. And he could see what happened. And as a lot of psychics, well, as Jim said, he being a medium, it, it's different for him. He doesn't know how psychics per se, specifically psychics, can do it because you get a lot of that emotion. And I wonder here, I, I know people will think this is silly, but what did Lady Wonder feel being a horse and having to sense that with a human-like set of emotions? Because it's not the only time she helped with other missing people's cases. Her insights helped solve the mystery in a few more. In December of 1952, the mother of a mute six-year-old Rhode Island boy had read about Lady Wonder's abilities and sought help in locating him after he went missing for over two months. Lady's answer was that he was hurt, but alive, and was in Kansas at the moment. Yeah, in a truck. She also wrote the word truck. I was a little uncertain about what happened in the following months. You can enlighten us here, but uh, as far as I know, sadly, the boy's skull was found a mile away from his school in Rhode Island one year later. 
Yeah, I think it was actually two years later. It's hard to find that because, you know, the one article, we have an article here from the Western Star, this December 8th, 1952. Again, thanks, Paul, mm. for putting this in the river, uh, in the research core. She spelled out the word hurt. First, uh, uh, McElwain, who was the, uh, a reporter from the Times-Dispatch, asked if uh, young Heyman, a mute, was alive. Lady pushed out, yes. Then she spelled out the word hurt. And when McElwain asked where the boy is, Lady replied, truck. When asked where the truck was, Lady said, Kansas. McElwain repeated the question twice and got the same answer. Then he asked if Gary could be found. Yes, said Lady. When Mrs. Heyman, that's his mom, learned of Lady's responses, she said, quote, Oh, God, I hope he's safe. I hope he's safe. But then I, I guess she didn't find her because there was some other I, source I was looking at. This, this article is from 1952, but... In the end, that said, about two years later, they found a skull that they determined was his that was about two miles from where he lived right. in Rhode Island. But that same article, wherever it was, also said there were people that disputed whether or not that actually turned out to be his. So I don't know if there's been any follow because now, right. forensically, that probably would right. not be hard to determine. But back then, it, I'm, I'm sure it was. So there's some debate as to whether Lady Wonder got this right or wrong. And what became of that little boy, but I, I know that the mother was never reunited with him. So, Well, there's another prominent case, the story of Danny Madsen, and you want to tell our audience about that one? Yeah, this actually comes from that same article. This is the best take on this, which is uh, interesting, and I have a little bit to add. Uh, and the article is titled, I should mention that, Wonder Horse is Detective, in quotes, in Big Search, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, and this is again from the Western Star, December 8th, 1952. This is later in that same article. District Attorney Edmund R. Dewing said Lady gave the answers that led searchers Thursday to the body of Danny Matson, who had been missing from his Quincy, Massachusetts home since January 1951. So again, this article was December 1952. It's almost two years later. It's stranger than fiction, said Dewing, and we kept it a secret because we didn't want people to think we were completely out of our minds, end quote. In the Matson case, Dewing said a friend questioned the horse and was told the animal answered, Pittsfield Water Wheel. On the basis of that information, a detective was dispatched to Pittsfield, Massachusetts, but learned nothing. We got to mulling it over, Dewing said, and we thought the message might have been twisted, that the poor old horse meant to say, Pittfield Wild Water. So, and that's uh, Pitt hyphen, and then field is spelled with an E on the end, and then wild also has an E on the end. A search of the field wild quarry in Quincy was ordered. The child's body was found there. And I did a little bit of research on this. It's interesting. Uh, I'm not familiar with the Quincy area, but there were a ton of quarries there. There yeah. was like a lot. I think it was granite. I can't remember. but And they had all been closed a long time ago, but kids were all going, just like you always hear, and yeah. I heard this in North Carolina even when I was in high school in the in the late 80s, kids were going to quarries to go swimming and also to jump off high cliffs into the water. And kids were doing this so much and they were getting killed because they would jump down into the water and there would be rocks yeah. just below the surface. And apparently with these quarries in this area, at some point they put boards to stick up out of the water to encourage people right. not to jump. But then eventually more rain came and it submerged the boards and the deaths oh, just got geez. more gruesome. Yeah. Horrible. After that, they wound up uh, either draining them or filling them. They, they yeah. rendered them ineffective as places to go swimming. And now all these quarries, you can't find this one that's referenced in this article because it's either been uh, filled in or whatever. 
But that whole area is a preserve now called the Quincy Quarries Reservation. And I, there's no doubt in my mind that that's where this particular quarry was. And uh, you can go and hike around and go see. And a lot of the quarries are still like spray painted with graffiti and stuff like that. But anyway, that's where the little boy probably went there with some friends and went swimming and, and just didn't make it out. But the thing that's interesting is uh, they got this hint from Lady Wonder. She said, Pittsfield yeah. Water Wheel. And then they took that and changed it around because they couldn't figure, they went to a Pittsfield but couldn't find anything. And then it became Pittfield Wild Water, and that's where they found Danny's body two years after he disappeared. Uh, makes you wonder how the information is getting to the horse. Well, I mean, one, think about this. They took that seriously. If you went to the location yeah. and said, okay, there's nothing here. This is, we're asking a horse to solve this case. Yeah. Well, that's what he said. We kept it quiet. People are going to think we're crazy. Except that they, you know. And by the way, kudos. My hat's off. And I'm just going to say, after doing this show for this many years, if any of you out there are listening to this show are detectives or cold case workers, do not shy away from exploring this stuff. I mean, you got to vet where you're going. But if you're going to send somebody to go talk to a horse, what do you you have to lose? Send them. It's hard to argue with results. You don't always get the right answer, yeah. but, and, and, uh, there's a lot more, uh, uh, law enforcement that are turning to psychic abilities and, and sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, but yeah. like I said, and sometimes, yes, it can waste resources and, and lead you in wrong directions. But, uh, I've also heard a few cases where, man, it really narrowed the field down for yeah. investigation. So, well, a prosecutor had later stated that without ladies help, the drowned boy would never have been found. And major news magazines like Time, Life, and Newsweek, they had all come to see Lady Wonder and cover her story. But after the Danny Matson case, they covered her story again. And there was interest, as we said, uh, from movie and television producers. But Claudia said that she would have gone to Hollywood, but by this time, her health was too poor. Yeah. They loved this story at the time, and and she was big news. And, and also, I'm kind of surprised I... I wasn't really that familiar with it, but I, I do like it when we do come across something that surprises us about how popular it was at one point and then goes away. Yeah, it's kind of crazy how much the story completely disappeared off the radar in the years following it. Well, next week when we come back, we're going to be talking about the scientific evaluation of what exactly was going on with Lady Wonder and Claudia Fonda. And take a look at the exact methods they used to try to determine whether or not the horse was actually psychic or not. And the results of that are going to surprise you. Well, that's going to wrap it up for tonight's episode. We'll be back next week with part two. Please remember to support our sponsors. They help keep the show free and the lights on in Blanket Fortiana. Special thanks to John Bolin. Hi. My name is Bruce. I'm Pam. R-O-S as in Sam. E as in Edward. M-A-P. Present or future compensation. Our show is edited by Sarah Voorhees-Wendell and co-produced by Tess Feifel, who is also our head of research. Our theme, which is available as a ringtone, was composed by Judson Crane, and our sound design and additional composing is by Ryan McCullough. Special thanks to the Astonishing Research Corps. But most importantly, we want to thank you, our listeners. Visit our store at astonishinglegends.com or interact with us and other listeners on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can also support the show at patreon.com slash astonishinglegends, where patrons have access to additional bonus content. No part of this show may be reproduced anywhere without permission. Copyright Astonishing Legends Productions. 
Good night.